Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. Top of the hour has passed, but we are just digging into our number one of the big show. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Beautiful day in central Iowa, albeit a bit warm. We're going to take you across the country. We're talking motorcycle racing and the lifestyle that is motorcycle. And, of course, last night you saw one Travis Pastrana recreate three of the uh, historically great jumps, or what would have been great jumps, for Evil Knievel doing so in a period of about two and a half hours. Abbreviated, takes it down to about two, and he nailed all three of them on an Indian, not a Harley, about a 340-pound bike, and did it with great style. His wife, kids, everybody was watching, as was America on the History Channel. So congratulations to our old buddy Travis P. for uh, doing what Evil couldn't do on equipment that was just a little bit antiquated, considering what he was using four inch uh, four inch travel versus a 13 inch travel and what he usually jumps at nitro circus the big news of course and one of the reasons why i did it is that travis p and nitro circus will be taking a permanent residency in las vegas and it will be a feature you will all be able to see on a regular basis with breaking news tony wink is back by the way we'll get to him in a minute uh we'll go to uh, pj duran starting off with breaking news from the world of World Superbike, we were just in Misano, Italy. Johnny Ray continues to pull away from the field. He did the double. Chaz Davis uh, pulled second in the first race, but unfortunately was off the podium in the second race. He's the closest competitor for the title. And you're saying Johnny Ray, not Johnny Rock Page. That, uh, okay. Absolutely not. He Very similar known, guy. No, not even close. <laughs> oh, no? My no, bad. That's all right, though. That is funny. Uh, <laughs> and the other big news in uh, <laughs> from the world of... Uh, AFT American Flat Track. Jared Meese joins a very elite crew of uh, formerly only four gentlemen to complete oh, wait a the uh, Flat Track Grand Slam. So, is there four or five that have now, done the Grand Slam? Now there are five. Okay, Jared so Meese became number five. Number five gets what? What? What did he accomplish becoming the fifth? It, he just got a Grand Slam. It is that rare of an opportunity. But There's the Grand Slam consists of in in the course of one season winning a short track, a mile a half mile uh tt you have to win one of each of those disciplines okay so short track. well hats off to me i mean mile, my goodness sake. TT. and yeah he did, he did it at the new york short didn't track chris Carr do it as well no he in fact did not wow Dick bugsy man bubba schobert kenny roberts the king kenny roberts and doug chandler are the only other holders of that title no we've had kenny rogers on didn't we have kenny on at the state fair show just last year <laughs> kenny roberts no he, no, he wasn't on club <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a miracle if he had been let's go to our next breaking news and that topic there goes to uh, roman avila roman real quick we've got a guest in the wings all right so as we all know red bud was this weekend uh big point shakeup. red bud yeah red bud so big point shakeup. <laughs> tomac uh, has the dnf mechanical in the first moto second moto outside gate pick doesn't work out uh has a couple of uh tip overs uh Muskan takes advantage goes one one um or two one sorry two one, yeah. two one. and uh now is the uh 
red plate holder by three points. So. Red plate holder. Red Bigger plate news, holder. Roxon gets his first win, buddy. Roxon gets Roxin his first moto on win. Top of the podium. Yep. That, that's that confidence builder he needs to come yep. back. Let's go to Tony Wink. Tony, fireworks were on display, of course, over the 4th of July. Wasn't the season you hoped for, but you still came out on the winning side while your competition did not. Typical you. Good job out of you down in Winterset and companies, uh, your sites around the place, but welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, I had a good time, actually. All in all, it was, it was a learning experience being a carny for again for the second year of selling fireworks but you know what we set out to do is we bought some defibrillators for our local fire department and um we uh we put on a heck of a party for for everybody the entire town they all came out to my racetrack and we did a bang up job of of a lot of them never been to your 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 track which is cool so now they know more about it they know about about your hospitality and they got their fill of hot dogs and mustard (laughs) we actually had some pretty good food it was uh we had it catered by Up and Smoke Barbecue, so it was good food, and uh, we fed about fifteen hundred people. And I tell you what, that's an undertaking. So, all right, I had a fight Saturday night. My buddy Larry Kotler, of course, on this former radio station, uh, now down the street. I did his last show today. Larry was killed in a uh, flash flood on on uh, late Saturday night, and uh, uh, did the the ceremonies for him at the funeral, and it was uh, a tremendous emotional release. And today, I did his final show in his stead. And uh, so we permanently signed Larry Kotler off the airwaves, and it was uh, a real amazing, amazing moment. But um, got her done. Anyway, next guest, let's bring him up. You ready for it, Tony? Yeah, I'm excited to talk to Chris Ulrich, who is the uh, racing editor for Road Racing World, obviously the guy behind Team Hammer. And uh, we would uh, we would, we would, would have to welcome him back to the show. He's on quite a bit. And, and uh, appreciate you taking the time, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm actually... Uh Amongst my other things, Team Hammer and Road Racing World, I'm actually on my way back uh, from a United States Motorcycle Coaching Association board meeting. So, yeah. uh, what did we learn? During my time uh, on the coaching initiative, and uh, we're chugging away, making some progress, and certifying coaches uh, both in the sport bike and uh, motocross world. So, um, really, really pumped to be making some progress there. Chris, that sounds like. That is somewhat of a new endeavor. Is this a new uh, association of professionals? Because uh, I'm very well versed in uh, teaching uh, as far as the sport bike world goes or those teaching me. Uh, it's interesting to hear that there's now certifications. Is How, how long has this been around? Yeah, so we kicked it off. And uh, well, my, the first time I attended a, a meeting was we got invited by John R. Rolison as he was going out the door at, at KTM um, to attend a, a meeting because they had, they had started. He, uh, John Eric, Jeff Emig, and Mark Blackwell started kicking the idea around uh, in 2016 and, and started working on it. And they didn't; they were just strictly motocross guys, you know, off road, and they needed some road race guys. Uh, sport bike um so they invited uh, me and my dad out for a meeting and uh we, we actually brought ken hill along who's, who's a pretty reputable coach and um i never left <laughs> so they elected me to the board and uh you know i've been helping ever since so we've we've done one uh, we've done three workshops two summits and then uh, another uh, additionally our first beta test for infield um you know in, infield certification so we got some certifications going, and the goal of this is to uh, increase ridership amongst um, new and returning riders. Uh, the stated goal has been 250,000 riders by 2025. 
Jeez. And, uh, it's new, new and returning riders, and that's through great a network of excellent coaches and great coaching. So, um, you know, it, motorcycling is a much easier sell when, to uh, moms, significant others, um, wives, uh, when you have something to back it up, right? So, you know, say, uh, for me to become a motorcycle coach, which I am, uh, I'm a USMCA certified coach, but uh, before this system was in place, it was it was harder for me to coach my daughter's AYSO soccer team. I had to go through, jump through more hoops than it was for me to go out to Fontana, have a guy pay me some money, and uh, go teach him, you know, go, go start coaching him. Granted, I did spend 20 years in the AMA paddock, and uh, I've taken my lumps, right? And, uh, and, and through the years, I've done plenty of coaching for Team Hammer and, and all that. But still, it, it, especially on the youth side, you need some background checks. You need some, uh, you know, you need some certifications and, and training. And, and we're not here to tell coaches, you know, what to coach. It's, it's more about how to coach. And if you're, you're an excellent coach and you're coaching great things, then, then uh, you're going to come through our certification and, and be able to move up through the steps and uh, distinguish yourself from uh, other coaches that aren't necessarily that aren't certified. Chris, so that begs the question, where does this certification happen? You said you've had summits, and clearly you guys are um, meeting to discuss probably future direction. Is there a physical location, or is it something that moves around based on uh, need throughout the country? Yeah, so it moves around a little bit, uh, you know, uh, the – the motocross side, uh, the off-road side is going to, uh, they're going to have workshops around the country. They're going to have, uh, you know, they're going to set something up for little Loretta Lynn's, an update down there. Um, and they're going to, you know, hold their, their workshops in different locations, probably, you know, East coast, central West coast for the sport bike. I'm actually in charge of that. And, uh, our next workshop, uh, with, with certification opportunities is going to be, uh, in September at uh, New Jersey with the Champion School, and then we're going to move on. I got a couple other ones I'm working on. So I got I got yeah, one for you, Chris. It's, it's regional. I got one for you. Yeah, Hicklin Power Sports, the industry leader in the Midwest. They have not only the brands that support what you're talking about, but they have a, a sincere desire to make sure that their riders are educated and that uh, you know, parents have the right, you know, let's face it, you don't send them to school to learn because, well, I had a great experience. You send them because these kids are going to have a great experience. Actually, Bart and I, Hicklin, are working on, a, we call it a 100 Riders program. It's kind of different, Chris, but it's it's same motive to get people riding, and we're going to get yeah. mini bike, brand new Yamaha mini bikes and the gear from Fly Racing and all that, and, and we're just going to advertise to non, non-rider parents, non-rider kids, and and uh, our goal is to get 100 kids this fall riding a motorcycle. You'll do it. You'll and do it. yeah, we'll do it for sure. We will. That's I mean, a, that's an excellent goal. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we need. We that's what the industry needs. And you're taking that initiative and going off and running with it. I have to because my racetrack is going to die if I don't. Well, not, not only that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, not only that. We promised them an appearance by uh, John and Chris Ulrich. So, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's been the big selling point so far. <laughs> I, I'm, Surprise! I'm Nate Ramsey. <laughs> yeah, your dad has to wear a straw hat. That's number one. And uh, you have to show up and be the uh, amiable self that you usually are. We're talking with Chris Ulrich, uh, 20 years, uh, you know, in the industry, tw- tw- well, <laughs> active years uh, in the industry. 20. I think it's, uh, well, I was born in the industry. So <laughs> yeah, so. Out. I was going to say, but I've seen quite a few pictures of you at the track, uh, relatively yeah. speaking, in diapers. 
Wow. Yeah, that's uh, probably those a picture. Do, those do show up somewhere. That's okay. But you know what? I was young, though. Young yeah. enough to wear those. Now retired as an active racer, though, right? Yep. I'm done racing. Uh, now I, I, you know, I'm taking over the management role. It's, uh, my official title would be VP of Operations and the two-seat superbike pilot. So, um, you know, I run the team and also take care of uh, two-seat duties at all the Moto America races on the uh, Dunlop uh, Suzuki two-seat superbike. And I get to uh, give great fans donors to the Road Race World Action Fund, which is uh, my family's nonprofit deploying uh, soft barriers at racetracks uh, throughout the country, and uh, also media and uh, VIPs for the series. So uh, that's that, that's good. It, it keeps it keeps like uh, it breaks up the weekend for me, right? Because kind of it was a kind of easy letdown from not racing anymore. Uh, although my body, you know, my body really couldn't handle it. Uh, so it. it you know, I get a little shot of uh, adrenaline from riding a little bit, then go back to the management duties. But the uh, team's doing pretty well now. Uh, Valentin the Beast, well, M4 X Star Suzuki Valentin the Beast came back at Road America, won the first race back, and then uh, gotten two seconds since then. And Nick McFadden has been uh, chugging along on the Super Sport class. You know, we had a goal for, for Nick at the start of the year to uh, close the gap. You know, his first year in Super Sport, but close the gap to the front guys and. He's exceeded that, and, you know, the last two rounds at Road America and Laguna Seca, he's been able to hold on to the league group for quite a while now, and that's um, the next step is to have him there the entire race, and then Daytona Anderson's making some progress. And then uh, our superbike guy, Jake Lewis, is, uh, man, he, his, his streak of top fives on a private Suzuki, uh, well, factory-supported Suzuki, but um, finally came to an end at uh, Road America in race two, but... Uh, you know we've been um, we've been chugging along. They're making progress, and uh, the series is coming around. They got TV packages working, and I'm really happy, uh, really happy to see how well the guys are doing. So, and to be, he got injured at the Daytona 200, and then missed the first four races of the season, right? And then when he comes yeah. back, you talked about it. He got first uh, wins race one at Road America, followed by a second race two, and then a second at Laguna Seca. Um, probably no surprise there, but. Was that was there a time frame for his return and and uh, has it been pretty much what you've expected since he came back? Uh, yeah, we knew twenty eighteen was going to be quite good for DeBeast, just to, for Valentin, just based on the test. We had a test uh, at Thunder Hill three days at the end of in December twenty seventeen, and we knew our technical package was quite a bit stronger than it'd been recent years, just based on the rule changes. Uh, for the Suzuki GSR 600, and so um, we knew we had something good, and then we knew at a Daytona, and then he had his, his uh, big crash, which was massive. I mean, that was really uh, that, that was that was a tough one, right? You know, not only got a uh, you know his parents were standing next to me when that went down, and then you know everything, the craziness that happened after that, getting them to the hospital, making sure Valentin was okay, and then getting them back to France. Uh, but uh, there wasn't a timeline, right? It was based on Valentin because. He had some fractures in his back, and really, I mean, being a being a former racer, and my father's a former racer. We end, we coming back from an injury like that has some serious consequences if it goes bad. And so, uh, while it was you know hard for us to sit there while our our uh, our top gun was on the couch, um, you know, we had to we the best thing for him was to heal hundred percent, come back swinging. 
and have good races and, um, uh, you, you know, just do the best what best he could as far as that goes. Well, he, you know, he came back and won. So, uh, completely expected. He was kind of on, you know, I could, we could tell he was on fire and focused and relaxed and fit and when he came back and he was ready to come back and race. And so, um, you know, it was, it was great to see. And I, I was, you know, on a personal level, he's been with the team for three years. You know, this is third season with the team. And it was, uh, it was exciting to see, you know, especially a guy that's gone to the, you know, very, very serious injuries and, and came back uh, months later and, and won. So it was, um, it was great. You know, I was, I was really proud to stand on top of the podium with him and, and accept the uh, team award. Two hot topics as we close with you, my friend. Uh, first of all, Starbucks in Britain will be adding a $1 charge to customers who order drinks and paper cups, good or bad. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Next topic. <laughs> did uh, did Travis Pastrana do the motorcycling industry any favors last night, or do you think it was a home run for motorcycling? A uh, home run for motorcycling. Actually, this was a topic in my meeting today. Funny. Uh, uh, the most uh, watched show on a History Channel. That's right. You know, uh, since 2000, uh, of that type of show, since Gettysburg in 2011. Equipment Massive difference or technology difference? What was the difference between then and now? He nailed all three of them seemingly with ease. I don't care how big the off-ramps were, but uh, he looked good doing it on a bike that weighed some 130 pounds more than what Evil was jumping and uh, with a four-inch travel as compared to the bikes he normally rides with the 13-inch travel. Yeah, Man, Pastrum is a legend. So, <laughs> look, you can't discount Evil because he was he was the pioneer in our in that in our sport, right. right? And he did great things for motorcycling back then. And he still, you know, he still is, right? He, he Absolutely, he's still everybody's ten, hero. Ten, you know, ten years after his, after his passing or, or more. And then, but Pastrana has too, man. And it's look, our motors, our our sport needs that. Yeah, and it was a great outcome. You have. You know, millions of people watching it. it was, I don't want to spell out the number because I can't remember it correctly. So it was millions, though. And it wasn't just one million. It was it was upwards of more than three million. Um, Jeez. But it's like, it's like, that's massive for motorcycling. That's a lot of people watching that. And then you have all these kids. My, my son was, was, you know, I'm sitting there watching with my son. He actually, we got, we missed the first part because we were out doing something. And uh, he had to go to bed. <laughs> in the middle of it he was all bumped man but it's like <laughs> they were glued to the tv watching the show and and it's you know for for motorcycling it, it's great you know whether those the conversion rates you know <laughs> conversion rates one percent that'd be fantastic right or uh, half a percent what, whatever we get out of that you know that, that want to go out and try motorcycling or uh, you know just tune into it on tv or, or whatever is is you know, fantastic for our sport, and, and um, you know, it's great for Rolling Sands, too, man. I, he was you know, mentioned awesome. Back. How yeah. about that? Yeah, all those guys. Everyone, you know, great for Rolling, great for Travis. I could care less uh, about what the uh, guys at the pawn shop care about. Uh, <laughs> my God, <laughs> yeah, man, could they roll the, out any other History Channel stars? History Channel. Uh, Where were the American oh, pictures? Fraternization. Yeah, yeah, it's self-promotion yeah, that, that, is what it is. Yeah, well, hey, Chris, know, Chris, we agree with you 100%. The, the over and under, by the way, at Caesars Palace, how many injuries and broken bones had Evil had uh, versus uh, Travis? Travis has kicked his butt now. He's broken more bones than Evil has. 
How about yeah, that? Well, good for him. <laughs> he's gonna, you know, I've, I've broken a few myself, and I already already hurt. So oh long, man, so. he's a, he's a. I got to tell you, he's a warrior, a modern day warrior, and a dude, absolutely put on a show representing uh, not only uh, motorcycling but the United States and things that were impossible are now possible, and uh, we loved it. Always good to talk to you, Chris. Best to your dad. Any chance we can get your pop on next week? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll let him know. I'll be gone. I'll be traveling, but uh, I'll give him a ring. And uh, make sure he, uh, he give, gets on. So. Give him our, we, we, somehow we have misplaced his number. Uh, otherwise, we call him direct. But I got to tell you, we'd love to have him on. It's been a while. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks. for having me. There we go. Chris Ulrich, the man on a mission, teaching America how to ride and ride safely, give them the education that they need. Coming up next, Ryan Sipes in, our, uh, in, a, in a great section brought to you in part by our friends at Hicklin Power Sports. So that's where you can find the Yamaha, Sea-Doo, Can-Am, and Beta, KTM, and Polaris all under one roof. Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa, or online anywhere at hicklinpowersports.com. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Ben Bostrom. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Dual VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. What's up? It's Kyle Regal. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, coast to coast, border to border, and all those ships at sea on the iHeart app. Also on our, 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 that's easy for you to say. Our. Our app. Uh, appreciate that. Tony Wink back in studio. Tony, next intro goes to you. Yeah, buddy of mine, Ryan Sipes, who is... He was one of our favorite motocross racers, and then he left to be a, one of our favorite off-road racers, only to return to be a motocross racer. Remember when he said on air, you weren't here on that show, but he said he really wished you'd stop calling, and then you still call, and he still takes your call. I know. He's such a good kid. Yeah. Such a, a good boy. It's amazing. That's amazing. What a nice guy. That's What's America. That? What's up, Ryan? How are you? Uh, I'm good. You guys talking good about me. I hate to hear what you're saying before you call me. Oh, that's why good. we cut the commercial break short, my yeah. friend. Yeah, we couldn't stand the pain. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, buddy. How's everything going? Uh, it's good. Uh, thanks for having me on. We uh, just wide open, busy. Um, always something going on, something different. So, actually, going to pick up my scrambler tomorrow. So. Mm. Your scrambler. Uh, yeah, I had a, a friend of mine um, is the president of Hugo Motorcycles, and they make a, a kit that, uh, or a couple of different kits, actually, that turn a Sportster into a Scrambler. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's pretty trick. I mean, they well, what's do, a, like, describe for our listeners what a Scrambler is. What what is a Sportster turned into a Scrambler? What what makes it a Scrambler? Um, so the best way I guess I could explain it is think about motocross bikes in the '60s, like they were. Or 50s and 60s, they were 
street bikes that they turn, you know, they put knobbies on. And, Stiff and, frames. And, and kind of a dual purpose. Yeah, and, uh, okay. Yeah, so um, that's, and that, the scrambler movement is kind of like blowing up right now. There's a ton of people doing it, and I've always thought about, like, it looks really cool, and I've always wanted a street bike, but never wanted to go get a bagger or, you know, go buy something that everybody else could have. I wanted to build my own, and then my buddy started working with this company. He said, hey, man, we'll, we'll build this bike for you. You know, you just... You just buy the bike and we'll do the rest. And uh, so it's been, I don't know, four months. And but they've, I just saw pictures of it finished up the other day. And uh, it's it's super trick. Sweet, I'm pumped on it. So I'm I'm googling it right now, and I can see I just googled uh, Hugo Scrambler Hugo Sportster, and because my brain works backwards sometimes, but uh, <laughs> it looks a lot like uh, what was that other brand? Uh, uh, Tri- Triumph came out. Yeah, with this, has BMW a, has one. Yes. Yes, Ducati yeah. has a scrambler. Yes, yeah, it's, it's same kind of deal, same idea. Um, but this one's full custom, basically. I mean, their kit is—you uh, can buy their kit and it bolts right on. Um, but then, of course, uh, they kind of went a little above and beyond for my bike. So, and uh, Chuck Lambert is a guy out of Tennessee. Um, he built the bikes and uh, he he did the works on it. So. All right. So, what are the big changes? You could change out pipes, handlebars. What are you changing out? Um, yeah, handlebars are different. So he asked originally for a set of my moto bars. So I sent them to him and the mount system didn't really work. So he's a metal worker. Like he, his, his business is metal works. And, uh, so he just custom bent a set of handlebars to my exact bend. And, uh, so those are on there. The suspension's taller. It's like quite a bit taller. And then of course, knobby tires, which they're like dual sport tires. Uh, he built a full custom pipe. So Pretty much every Harley has the pipe out of the right-hand side. Uh, he custom-built one out of the left. And, uh, yeah, so it's a trick, man. They uh, uh, Lefevre Cycles did a, a paint job on it, and uh, they built a custom seat. I mean, the thing is super trick. Put a recluse clutch in it. So oh, really? Try that thing. Oh, yeah. That's sweet. Tony, what's what's the most uh, – what, what racing application would this be applied to if you wanted to? Uh, Flat track, maybe? No, close? I think just uh, – just, just enjoyable fun, riding. Fun on the weekends with your buddies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, my the, the guy I was telling you about the president of the company. He he rides them all the time. Um, like full on off road. Like sends me videos of him like hitting logs and like hitting <laughs> jumps and not big jumps, you know, but like cruising the trails on them. So I totally used to do this with a bike, and I I just took the fenders off and put some knobby tires on it. Had it. It was and it's too bad because it was an RD four hundred, which is. Now I wish I had the thing because it was pristine when I started doing it. I ruined the bike. Well, that was a week but later. But I was a kid. I didn't know. But uh, I totally get it because you can you can just cruise down the road and boom, you see a trail or whatever. And you, I mean, it's but it's not like riding a dual sport because those things are there's not much fun in that. You know, so like there, there's, this really is a bolt-on kit that can transform a Harley or a, well, any well the brands that they service obviously but you can go online hugomoto.com take a look at the picks take a look at the kits scrambler kit one uh, scrambler kit two etc there, there, I mean, there, there's some nice gear here i could see what, what what got your attention yeah well like i said i always kind of wanted something different and and for what i do you know ride dirt bikes all the time it, it's the closest thing i could get on the street probably without i didn't want to go buy a dual sport bike because like you said, that's cool but you know, not cool. I got those kind of bikes. I want something different. So yeah, we're not European. Let's go to PJ. Yeah. PJ, you uh, you guys selling these scrambler kits? Not yet. No, 
Um, not that I'm bet aware you, of. No, he doesn't I, want no. them to. No, I bet you will. No. <laughs> we 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 sell we sell street legal enduros. Yeah, you do sell uh, right. a lot enduro. of them. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about what just happened, Ryan. What happened? How was Redbud? Uh, it was gnarly. Track <laughs> was. I read that. I read you said it was it was uh, pretty spectacular. Yeah, it, I I haven't raced it since 2014, and uh, I mean Redbud's always gnarly, but this year was like, dude, it was just so deep and so rough. Like there wasn't a smooth line. It was like normally you can find something out there that kind of resembles smooth. You find all the way to one edge or the other. I didn't find any of them. Maybe they were out there, and I just didn't find them. But uh, that was being on a bike. I only had two days on, you know, and then jumping back into that pace that I haven't ridden in a while. Uh, it was it was gnarly. Like, I was, I was hurting there for a little bit, and I got better as the day went on. You know, the second moto, I ran top 10 for yeah. for until the last two laps. Yeah, so. you went 16-13, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the second moto, I was eighth and then tenth until the mm-hmm. two laps to go, and I think I ate too much between the motos and just got a little bit of a belly ache. And, and oh, what you have? Fast. I mean, <laughs> I don't remember. See, what messed me up, though, is this is one of the races that, that the second moto, I think, was on live, like uh, the so network the, NBC. Like your in-between was shorter? Sports or whatever. No, it was actually longer. Oh. It was like instead of two hours between motos, it was, uh, or hour and a half, it was like two hours and 15 minutes. So wow. I'm like, I probably need to eat a little bit more. And then as soon as we got on the line, I looked at my mechanic. I'm like, dude, I don't, <laughs> I'm going to try, but this is going to be tough. I don't feel very good. And uh, I've, I've just got a weird stomach. Like if I eat a little bit too much, it's not good. And I held on for 30 minutes, you know, and then it kind of crept up and got me. But I had a lot of fun with it, man. Uh, I'm excited to do it again at uh, the last two rounds. I'm going to race for them so- and have a little bit more time on the bike and, and uh, hopefully do a little bit better. So, Ryan, wh- how did this – riding the 250 because you're predominantly have been a 450 guy typically that's how i see you as he is i think he, he is. always raced 250s in the, in the motocross well i think of him as being a better 450 guy i mean it seems like would you agree with that remark uh i don't know i mean when they when they called me so they called me like probably right as the season began when when dean wilson got hurt and they said hey we want you to ride a 450 I said, okay, cool. And then they never called back. I'm like, well, I guess <laughs> they forgot or they changed mind or whatever. And uh, then then Jason got hurt. And then Zach got hurt. And so they called me again and they said, hey, we want you to ride 450. I said, hey, let me ride a 250 since, you know, Zach's hurt. You need a guy out there anyway. And I'm riding a 250 at, at uh, ISDE this year. It'd be great for me to be spend the summer on a 250 rather than a 450 you know, and uh, get some more practice, and they said, okay, so, I mean, I'm not, I always kind of like the 250, um, I like both bikes, but I think I was probably a little bit better on a 250, um, when I was racing it full-time, so. I guess I lost out on that deal. Well, oh, well. you brought it up, it's a good conversation, though, Or right? a 125? Yeah, yeah, what a... Uh, no, thanks. Hey, how, how would have that been on that track? XR75? No, the one... It, the dream it race would have been the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it, Muddy Creek was dumb. Red Bull or Red Bud would have been 
twice as dumb. Like it was so deep. Like I probably I don't even know if I'd have qualified on it to be honest. I uh, go ahead, Tony. You weren't in the dream race, so you're riding in no. the 250 class. Yeah. Yeah, in at Muddy Creek, they didn't have a dream race at Muddy Creek. No, it was no. it was actual. Yeah. Yeah. What was the deal with that? What were you thinking? <laughs> Why not? That's what he was thinking after practice. Uh, it should have been titled the yeah. nightmare race, <laughs> the bad dream race. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but no. So I bought the 125 at the end of last year, thinking I'll ride some of these dream races, and uh, it'll be fun. Like I did one last year; it was cool. Mm-hmm. And and then I I put my schedule together this year before the the new dream race schedule came out. And then when it did came out, come out, uh, there was none that I could hit. Like all the nationals that they were having them at that I was going to be at, I was already going to race a 450 or, you know, now a 250. So, uh, it's like, I, I wasn't going to be able to do any. I got this 125 sitting here. I'm like, why not? Let's, let's make people talk about it and let's go sign up for the real deal. And, uh, it didn't turn out as good as I had hoped. Um, but again, I, I only had 20 minutes on the bike beforehand. So it's kind of like, but you still qualified in the best. Yeah, I qualified and almost got points, but, uh, I was hoping to be, top 15 but most of our radio shows don't turn out like we hoped but <laughs> no actually they do uh it's just if we put a little more planning in them they'll be a lot better oh uh, is that how it works yeah uh so the uh, the 125 she probably needs rebuild already um not only did the one race um we didn't do it i told him i needed it to last like i didn't want a rocket ship that was going to blow up in the second moto so it should be good i'm gonna I'm going to keep riding it. I honestly think it makes me better on my 350 and stuff because you have to be so perfect on the 125 and you have to carry so much momentum that when you go on 250 or a four-stroke at all, it's like, oh, this is super easy. Ryan, what do you weigh? What do you weigh now Uh, compared to Tony? (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, both of you. I can't tell you that. Well, the reason I ask Uh, is Tony goes around a lap just to check the track. And he drops a bike off to be rebuilt. And I understand that. <laughs> That's why I ride nothing but big hey, street bikes. Awesome. Hey, Ryan, quick little bit here. I got to throw this out there. So we do the Justin Brayton thing. Justin's back here. Justin has a problem with this bike. The case breaks. Broke the case broke, on his Honda. Broke, yeah. Case on breaks on his road? Honda. No, no, on no, his, no. No, on, his 450, his race that, bike. It was at my track. He brought his, his practice bike. Or it was actually, I think, the bike he won Daytona on or whatever, but... And so he brings his mechanic, you know, because he rock stars it in. He flies in. I get a bunch of campers set up for him, which cost me a bunch of money. And then his mechanic, Duff, rides his, brings everything back. And he brought Damon Bradshaw's bike back, too, in the Sprinter Vans, which was pretty cool because Bradshaw yeah. came and rode. Bradshaw's so ahead, cool. Go with your store. So, so um, Justin's bike quits. And they're like, what do we do? And I was like, well, just take my bike because I got a 15. But. He's like, ah. Eh, I don't want to ride that junk. That's nah, fine. It's fast. You liked it. <laughs> he bought it from you. No, I didn't. <laughs> but uh, he's like, let's ride Tony's bike because Tony's got a stalker 18. Justin goes out and rides it like a few laps. He's like, this thing is junk. Wow. And brand, he's new, like, brand new Honda. He yeah. thought it was a piece of junk. That's what you want your hair to so say. So the biggest thing Ryan well, that's, was. That's what Honda wants him to say, right? No, no. he didn't say it was junk. He <laughs> it, just said, let it, me retract that Honda statement immediately. Honda sponsor the show. No, yeah. he didn't say it was junk. He just said. It's it's not the good. The clutch is smoked. And I'm like, it's a brand new motorcycle. No, it was burnt. 
Well, I'm fat. What do you and, got? What's your point? And it was a sample clutch. So I mean, and it's not even the real clutch. Ryan, so I got to put that in later. The yes. fluid, the fluid that Duff drained out of that was like water. Nobody cares, honestly. Water. Nobody cares. Ryan Sipes does. Are you one of those dudes that uh, like the old guys that put it in fourth gear and just leave it the whole track? Sure he is. No, like I'm tight corner. No, but I'll tell you a whole bunch. Listen up, Sipes. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm the fastest. <laughs> 250 plus pound rider you you've ever met 250 plus tony yes that's better than what it was yeah <laughs> it's over yeah all right but anyway when i got back from from pj's wedding i weighed myself and i i went okay we got yeah, well we got he something. stopped he stopped drinking orange juice yeah but what no tony that? ryan tony's the type of guy that he does not take immaculate care of his equipment. This is true. I just keep getting new ones. He just it, he just runs it to the ground. Yeah. Sipes, I got a YZ125 that every, I'm not exaggerating, every single time I ride it, I have to put a new top end in it because it. I'm so it's, fat. It's He destroys I it. I do ever jump on the track, though. There are we'll bikes. Yeah. There are XR75s, Honda 50s, Honda 70s. They literally fall over when Tony walks by. I don't ride you, that stuff. Ryan, you'd have a great time at this... Uh, at this event. Why don't we, we do a Sipes Day? Let's do a Sipes Day when we bring in Ryan and he shows us how not to break a bike and maybe Tony can learn something. Oh, I'm sure that could I'm happen. In. It's been a good time having you on. <laughs> he's, he said he's in. <laughs> Ryan, sponsors, man. Let's hear him. Oh, well, Rockstar, of course. Um, Liette, Maxis, Husqvarna, um, FMS. Steve Hatcheration, Factory Effects, Power Band, Recluse, uh, XC Gear, Moto Hose, Guts, uh, all them other guys. Cherubis, Motul, Galfer, Garnet, Nitro Moose, Team Design Works, and you guys for uh, for having me on. Do you say Moto Hose Guts? Yeah, uh, yeah, stuff like that. Moto hose, Mo- moto hose, and oh, guts. hose, hose, moto hose, like and the then radiator guts. hoses. Yes, moto I got hose. it. I got it now. I Rose got it. and hose. I've got. I was o- trying to figure like boats and hose, yeah. moto hose. What <laughs> we did that Saturday. <laughs> we got to go to break right now. Let's <laughs> let's point it out to Jack DeLeo. We need his help. Thanks, Ryan. God bless you, Ryan oh, Sipes. Always good to have you on, man. Thank you so very much. This portion of our show brought to you by our friends at Fly Racing. And Fly Racing, man, they do this thing called the Fly Wall. Have you participated in this, PJ? Have you done the I Fly I have wall? not, but I think everybody else here has. I have not. They've I don't turned ride all enough. my pictures down. The problem is I don't ride enough. Uh, they said no, no more nudity. I think I got two or three on there. Do you really? Yeah. On the Fly Wall already? Yeah. Well, fans, you can do what uh, Roman has done. You can get your photos uh, seen by race fans around the world on the Fly Wall. Fly Racing's website's where you're going to find it. Simply head over there to flyracing.com. Look for the Fly Wall menu in the upper right-hand homepage. Choose Post a Pick. Upload your favorite pick. And if approved, in other words, no nudity. If approved, your photo will show on the Flywall. It's as simple as that. So head on over to flyracing.com. Upload your pics for a chance to be featured on the Flywall. And I understand in the future there will be prizes. So now is the time to get involved with flyracing.com. Let's go, yo. This is Brian Deegan, the general of the Metal Militia. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. That's what's up. 
With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high-quality performance products for power sports and and professionals. Wiseco. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles, both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. Hey, this is Mike Lessie. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Well, as we continue to pay tribute to uh, the late, great Evil Knievel, the Evil Knievel Museum, available for your viewing pleasure in Topeka, Kansas. All the uh, real evil gear is there, including uh, Big Red, the uh, the Mack truck and trailers. And uh, do you remember, Tony, uh, it was a number of years ago, we had Evil on, and uh, I, I had this brilliant idea Yeah. to, to bring uh, both Evil and, and Robbie on the show at the same time to try to put the two of them together and put aside differences, and it broke down in how many minutes? Count them, one. Uh, two, more, three. Like one, 
<laughs> and it was about 90 seconds in when they got started at each other's throats. And um, the F bombs were flying. Yep. The, yep. We couldn't air it. Yeah. What was it? Um, it was like a. Uh, tastes great. Less filling, only it was using F words and, and S words. And it was just awful. And I felt bad, but they still hadn't talked. They didn't talk even after Evil died. How about that? Or before he died. They didn't talk. <laughs> it it, it, ha say, it no, happens in did. motorcycle and families, same as every other kind of family. The Unfortunately, the Roberts have had uh, similar troubles. I still talk with Robbie periodically. Robbie lives out of a, uh, a motor home. He has no permanent residency. Um, mail is sent to his mom's house. And he picks it up periodically. But he'll live for a month or two in Las Vegas, and it goes on to Phoenix, and it goes on to Florida. And I'll say, what are you doing today? He said, I'm going to jump a 1,000 trucks. He said, how many are you jumping today? I said, I have never jumped a truck. He said, good. I've anyway. jumped a truck, but and I've jumped over trucks. Actually, you know what? When I was with the Toyota Hollywood stunt show, I jumped trucks. Did you really? You remember that? Yeah. I remember when you were with the, the show, but I didn't know you jumped. I knew you were doing Super. two wheels and, th and wheelies. and. Yeah, yeah. We jumped over, I jumped over like, I don't know, 10 cars, 10 Toyotas or something, and some of them were trucks. And then we had a ramp, and I know we got Robbie Bobby on, but we had a ramp that went from the top of this Toyota T100. This is how long it was, how long ago. It was in the 90s. The ramp was fixed, and it went from the top of the T100, and it, went, it was a straight ramp. It went back to the to the tailgate of the, uh, uh, the of the truck, and then dragged on the back of the ground. And they ratchet strapped this thing in super tight, and they had like a little jig that held it in there. And so they would drag this board, and they would go down. We'd, we'd do like um, horse tracks and like you know big arenas or whatever, and we would they would be dragging this thing. They'd set the crews at 45 miles an hour, and if you think it didn't take guts, you're wrong. Because they would set this thing, and I was on an RM250. They'd wow. set the cruise at 45 miles an hour. No, I would hit this thing as fast as my RM250 would go, and the guy had his foot hovering over the brake, but he was like, honestly, you're you're about six foot from the from when the front of my truck. So if you screw up, I'm running over you. You got to land on the gas every single time. Joey, land on the, the gas. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jo jo Joey the Chitwood, thing. by the way, Joey Chitwood gave his guys seven feet, so you were running a risk. Actually, Joey Chitwood was a, was a part of this show originally, and then they spun he off brought, and did their own deal. He broke off because yeah. he couldn't get along. Uh, let's go to Robbie, Robbie, Bobby, McClendon. Rob, how are you, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're still pumped up after the uh, Travis Pastrana show on the History Channel pulling over three million viewers at any given point. Uh, and and what it did for motorcycling, we mostly think it was a positive. Your thoughts, real quick? Uh, yeah, I think anything to do with motorcycling is awesome. Uh, adds into the fact that he essentially did it on a dirt track bike, makes it even cooler. And for everything I've ever seen about Travis Pastrana, just says he's a cool dude anyway. So I think it's pretty much positive all the way around. You got some guys that get all butt hurt because he wasn't on a Harley or he wasn't on a Triumph. I'll get over it. Exactly. Hey. Although yeah, Indian Indian gave him some cool bikes. <laughs> well, and here's oh, no doubt. and here's something else that you could say. You guys weren't out there doing it on your bike. I didn't see you out it, there. Exactly. Exactly. The other manufacturers could have stepped up. Indian uh, took another swing at Harley, and from all intents and purposes, it looked like they knocked him out. Yeah, boy. Seriously, yep. though, man, Indian is just like, all right. They're much, on fire. How much beating can you put on Harley-Davidson? Because you've just well, taken away Did you away see like, what they did? They're moving all manufacturing out of Kansas City, over 800 jobs wow. lost. They're moving all production over across the seas. And don't tell me it's all because Trump they're is. Moving the, they're moving the – you're talking about Harley-Davidson. Yes, they're moving yeah. production for the motorcycles that are not that – are, that are being exported anyway. 
Right. To I get see that. you know, but I mean, I'm, I'm but just, we're not exporting those 800 jobs. Now we've got to get those jobs, jobs at uh, guys, jobs at Kraft or wherever they're going to work. I get it. Down in Kansas City. Either way, uh, I don't think they're doing themselves any favor. They're taking a back seat to the, you know, the the, the newly run. Budweiser sold out to some Belgium company. But you I'm know not why? drinking Budweiser because they because ha- they had to stay in business. Well, they had to stay in business. They had to feed them damn horses. Let's go back to Robbie Bobby. Robbie, uh, first of all, welcome back to the show. You've had your toe in many ponds over the years as a promoter, a racer, a mechanic, and crew chief. Is there a part of your career that you have revered the most? Not really. If it's got two wheels, I'm pretty excited to do it. Um, I do love the racing aspect. So if it's flat track, road race, supermoto, whether I'm racing or wrenching or promoting, I'm having a good time. So, um, yeah, if I can make a little bit of money, that's obviously that's obviously the best part. But generally, it's for the love of the sport. Rob, you are, you continue to be. Uh it seems more and more involved in flat track. And I wanted to amend my uh, early statement at the beginning of the show. We were talking about Mr. Jared Mees, and I'm sure you're well aware, hitting what we're, we call it a grand slam still, right, Rob? Even though he hasn't won a road race, we're still calling it a dirt track grand slam. Is that the right way to refer to it? Yeah, yeah, but essentially. He, he technically got one last year because they call Atlanta a short track, and I gave him crap about that too because a three-eighth mile isn't really a short track, but you got to give him credit. He won at New York. It was basically the shortest track they've got. You can't take any way, anything away from him. As much as I personally would love to kick him right square between the legs, you cannot deny the dude's motivation and his, his skill as of late, for sure. You said kick or lick? <laughs> no. He said kick. Nice. Okay, good. I did kick. Say kick. Well, kick with and, a K. Kick. And I wanted to add, uh, so if we're talking about dirt track Grand Slams versus what the the world used to call a Grand Slam, where you had to win a road race on top of all those flat track races, if if you call it the dirt track Grand Slam, we got to add Carr and Springsteen to my previous list of four, which was Mann, Robert, Schobert, and Chandler. There were actually six, now seven, that have done the dirt track Grand Slam. And we'll actually add Joe Leonard in there for that matter. Yep, for sure. I think... uh if, if somebody can pry J.D. Beach away from the road courses, he would be the next to do the actual Grand The plan. legit. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't see Jared Meese putting on a road race suit anytime soon. I'd, I'd love to see it, but to actually get a, a win against those guys is, is going to be next to impossible. But I do see J.D. Beach being uh, – being able to, to capable do it. of doing it absolutely and he he when he puts his mind to a flat tracker i mean everybody in the flat track uh paddock pays attention because the guy can absolutely rail on a flat tracker oh no doubt he's, he's incredible so who all are you working with uh professionally right now as we know you've got you've had involvement this season with a number of flat trackers and a whole crew of road racers too right yeah, man, I'm actually, uh, this season, I'm kind of like a freelance guy. Whoever needs me, uh, they've kind of asked me if I'm available, I'll go to them. Um, started out the season with Corey Texter, um, pretty much dominated in Daytona, um, the uh, Steve Nace series. Then we struggled a little bit on the TT. Um, I started helping out Cameron Smith, who has been absolutely a joy to work with. Uh, he's a little green in the racecraft department, but... He's got 120% in the desire to win and do better. So uh, so he's been good to work with. I've helped out Bronson Bauman. Um, I went to Springfield. Um, I wasn't technically a part of the team with the Factory Harley guys, but I was there uh, giving uh, my little brother Jared Vandercoy and Sammy Halbert some, uh, some just kind of pit strategy type stuff. Um, 
And to be honest, man, if any of the racers out there came to ask me something, I would be more than happy to help them out. Um, I just want to see all my friends do well. So like a man, friend, chauffeur type situation or? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it could be. Um, I, I mean, they have to put up with me as much as I had to put up with them. So I don't know if it's too much of a chauffeur. So to speak. <laughs> Guy Friday like type deal. Yeah, I'm not like a UTO or a, or a Lorenzo Butler, so to speak. You know, I'm not going to, uh, you know, hand them their racing underwear or anything. The, the Uchio uh, is, do you, yeah, have you to, nailed it. Yeah, I'm not playing Uchio anytime soon. Do I have to be a pro no. and do I have to go to the races to, to hire you to do some of these things? Because <laughs> I could use, I'm a lonely guy. <laughs> jet ski could <laughs> use a good well, cleaning. A jet ski, I got a jet ski now. It needs hey, a good... hey, we took care of it, uh, yeah. kind of. I'm, I'm not very pretty and my hands are pretty rough, so I don't think you're going to want me to do anything other than help you with the pit. Wow. Uh, he might ask wow. you for he Jack, might ask can we you edit the program rub. at all this week? Can we go ahead and edit that? Okay. No? Did you, <laughs> I got, just got a you message from John Ulrich. He will be on the show the, next week. How did you manage to photobomb Brayton's victory in Daytona? Oh, man, that was an awesome, awesome, awesome deal. Um, so we might have had a few drinks that night leading up to the race. I was with, uh, I was with Bronson, um, his girlfriend, Alex. And we were watching the race, and they're like, well, hey, let's go let's go on the track. So we get on the track, and we get kicked off the track pretty much immediately because they don't like it when you try and jump the finish line jump walking it. So we're walking, and somehow we end up hmm. behind the stage. And I'm like, damn, look, there's the stage. And they're all escorting people up the stage. So you're kind of like... Um, I'm like, man, I'm going to go up there. And I kid you not, some dude's like, you won't go up there. And I was like, man, Watch I'll me. do it. And he said, he said, I'll give you 100 bucks if you go up there. And I said, dude, I'll do it right now. He said, no, no, you got to peek out of the curtain. So I was like, oh. So I go up there, and I pretend like I'm helping the camera dude up there. The camera dude doesn't know. So the camera dude has no clue. I start calling him Jonathan. He's like, that's not my name, but I'm pretending like I know him, and I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be there. So me and, and Jonathan are going up the stage, and I open up the curtain, and then here comes the dude with the headset on, like trying to shoot me away. And I'm pointing over to Jonathan, who's not really Jonathan. And so long story short, I make my way out on stage at the perfect time. And so I'm scoping the crowd out looking for a hundred bucks. And uh, ended up paying me 50. Oh, so you, you went all in. You, you got robbed. Oh. Jonathan, by the way, he's up next hour and uh, hour number two of the program. <laughs> Wondering who that stalker was. That. And you're holding a cable that's an imaginary cable because now they're wireless cameras. <laughs> Of course. Right. I literally had nothing but a drink in my hand and a smile <laughs> on my face and talking to Jonathan. Jonathan. So, uh, <laughs> to make it even better, though, I after the event, I walk and we're waiting for Brayton to come back because he has like 30 minutes of interviews. So, I go to his crew guys and uh, tell them the story and show them the picture. And so, they give me the plate right off his bike and then he signs it. So, it's, it's oh, like sweet. 100% legit. Love it. Love it. We're talking, of course, with Robbie Bobby. You know him as uh, Rob McClendon. And uh, don't you, your family has a go-to shop down in Florida, right? Yeah, we sell, uh, well, we work on everything, but we sell all the European stuff, like Prime, Ducati, Aprilia, Vespa, you know, all that jazz. That's probably good, because that stuff needs to be worked on quite a bit, right? Ah, uh, well, I mean, we actually work on more Jeff stuff than the Ducati stuff, believe it or not, lately. <laughs> <Sure> <laughs> We're getting jabs in there. <laughs> I'm just, I'm but, just uh, jabbing you a bit, man. I told Chris, man, I want you guys to throw me some hard balls. Don't lob me any of these softballs tonight. Yeah, but that's not Chris's decision. Uh, okay. Uh, Bishop sure. doesn't call the shots on Let's the show. Let's talk about how you, you book the stuff, race your parents at every event you've held. What's that? 
pissed off racer parents at every event you've held. Oh yeah, let's talk about it. It's not an, <laughs> it's not an event if you don't piss them off, right, Tony? I mean, yeah. you haven't actually had a race unless somebody's parents are mad. Yeah, that never happens, there's, Tony. There's parents out there that you could hand them a hundred dollar bill going out the gate, and they would still cuss you because it wasn't broken up into two fifties or twenties. Or it wasn't well, crisp enough. Actually, or... you've embarrassed them because you just double their income. Yeah. It's oh man, folded it, it, wrong. It's it kind of hectic. <laughs> yeah and no matter what you do you're always picking on their little snowflake angel baby so here's a good and then news they know it. most of the time i'll call them out in the riders meeting i have no problem with that mm. and and the <laughs> that's best not way popular. to resolve that is to embarrass them by the group michael so, you with the rat tail stop it okay yeah exactly or the <laughs> easy one is can you imagine earl Hay- hayden saying what you just said and everyone goes silent can you imagine earl hayden yep. saying that 20 years ago no, I, no one can imagine that. I, I've, I'm always like, up against the clock, fellas. Uh, I've got to cut you off. I'm sorry, and that's uh, that's All what right. I do. Hey, it's always good to talk to you, Robbie Bobby. God bless you. Uh, I'm on yes, fire, sir. Robbie Bobby. I'm on fire. <laughs> I just right. watched right. it again. I can't get away from okay. that movie. Thanks, Rob. Talladega Nights. Nice. Rob, thanks oh, so yeah. much. Robbie McClendon has been our guest. Have this portion time. of the show brought to you by our good friends at Hicklin Power Sports. Harbor number two is going to be brought to you by Wiseco. Uh, but we do want to thank Chris Ulrich. He has texted Chris, uh, and Chris will get the number, uh, so we will have a great contact and a great guest for next week you can uh, grow to expect. And that, of course, is Chris's pop. Okay, John Ulrich will be joining us next week. Ryan Sipes, want to thank him, and, of course, Robbie Bobby. Thanks to each and every one of you. For Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop, Jack and Leon De Leon, our very able-bodied producers, Fred Kuhlenkamp, Tony Wink, Roman Ovidia, PJ Duran. I'm Scott Casper. Our number two of the big programs coming up next. This is America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber.
Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. I'm Tony Wink. In the studio with me is Roman Avila and PJ Duran, or Doran. What do you go by, Doran or Duran? It's only been like eight years you've done the show. Uh, they both passed. Doran is the uh, official Irish version. I like Duran. Because <laughs> it reminds you of Duran Duran, right? Yeah. That's, exactly. that's totally why. Yeah. 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 So, And also Jack and uh, Leanne DeLeon are our producers. Contributors include Chris Bishop and Tommy Borhalverson. Hour number one, we had a good conversation with uh, Chris Ulrich from Road Racing World and also uh, Team Hammer. Also had Ryan Sipes on talking about his his uh, journey back into motocross with the 125 and the 250. And then we had Robbie Bobby, Rob McClendon. Hour number two, we're going to talk to Benny Bloss, who's on the air uh, here just momentarily, and uh, Sean Bice. Um, the, I want to thank Racetech's The Science of Suspension for nearly 30 years. Racetech has been producing the highest quality suspension components and tools, including gold valves for most types of motorcycles and ATVs. Visit their website at racetech.com. Big shakeup at Redbud this past weekend with the number one plate in the 450 class, Marvin Muskin. Now takes control of the series by three points, right? Yeah. He finishes, a, does a 2-1. Um, Eli Tomac, you know, it just looks like it's going to be Eli's program. He just seems like he has control. And then he has a... Uh, a mechanical mechanical and it went from worse bad to worse yeah. second had a terrible start had a couple tip overs did make it happen ken roxon gets his first moto win moto win yeah the feel six, good win of the year six 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 since wow. i'll get it out i'll get it out of here eventually his first moto win since 2016 that's what you're trying to you went full stutter i know i did it was terrible <laughs> All right, uh, Justin Barsha finishes third with a 4-2. Let's go to Benny Bloss, who had a heck of a good run. Third yep. in the first moto, draw back to 23, joins us now for a 11th overall. What's up, Benny? How are you? I'm good. How about you? Good. It's been a while since we've had you on. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Talk about your race at Redbud. Uh, the race was very um, up and down. I, uh, I had my best career finish in moto one with a third which was insane um i actually started out the moto by crashing on the site lap which was a pretty big highlight of my career i would say <laughs> sorry <laughs> hopefully all your family sorry. was there watching sorry we're not oh, trying to yeah the fans were loving it but yeah instead of just being like embarrassed by it i kind of fist pumped and like i was getting into it just like the fans so that worked out all right. Only you're way more sober than the fans. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, but no, I uh I ended up third, which was, was crazy, and then second moto was uh definitely a, a low point of the year. I uh I think I wanna say I was running sixth. Sixth maybe seventh yeah. and I was yeah. sixth. Sixth. and um just had a, a pretty good fall and I kind of um I was a little blurry for a, for a little bit when I first got up, and then I pulled into the mechanics area, and they were just like, try to get at least a point, um, a point or two, and I unfortunately didn't do that. But um, uh, it was overall a pretty positive weekend. Going from third to 23rd is a huge letdown, but 
uh, finishing on the podium, that had to be an amazing feeling. Oh, yeah, for sure. I hit the finish line, and uh, instead of going right, they directed me to go left towards the podium. And, like, I I knew that I had gotten third, but I was just like, are you sure? Really, like, put me to go to the podium. This is this is weird. Um, it was uh, it was crazy though, especially to do it at Redbud. Um, I would say that's probably the number one race as far as like wanting to get my first podium there. Would that's that's the race to do that? Yeah, for sure. And I, I bet your dad was there, and everybody was there. I mean, that's a little bit of a drive, I guess, from Kansas City. My dad goes to every race. He has not missed a race this awesome. year, and he, my mom has only missed one, and they both stayed home and went to the lake with their <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so now they can't go to any more races, because clearly that, that's been the problem all along. <laughs> yeah, so they were going a little crazy during the race, but... Um, Your mom's probably like, flashing people on the boat. She was just going crazy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like to think that it worked, but... <laughs> The second moto was really bad. So. No, it was. Hey, Benny, I watched the race, not live, but I had to watch it afterwards because we had a little. We were at the lake also we, on yeah, Saturday. We were Tony and I were at the lake. We it was my bachelor party, but um, we uh, I watched it. And you were running great, and I was super pumped for you. And super pumped. I was super pumped. Well, thank you. And even and even though you had that that front end, that corner was gnarly. And we talked to Ryan earlier, and I don't know if you listened to it, but he said it, and and I noticed it, and I'm sure Tony Tony and I had talked about this earlier, how deep that track was. You jump out of the ruts instead yeah, of just riding out it, a lot of them. It, and you know we don't have to tell you you yeah you had to you're a pro you had to do it you had to endure it. Yeah, the whole day the track was. It was weird because most of the time the track will start out really, really soft and deep, and then they kind of harden and everything changes a little bit. But all day it was like it never got harder. Like it was always just soft and kind of unpredictable, I would say. Was it hot? No, it actually wasn't. I want to say the high was like 78 maybe. Maybe that's why. They just they didn't have to keep dumping water on top of it or something. I don't know. That's uh so when your dad goes all those races, does he actually drive a semi? No, 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 no. He didn't drive like a like a cab over or anything cool. To like, is he still still slinging semis? Yes, he is. He so he's sold semis for as long as I've been alive, and I have actually never seen a semi at his office. So, uh, wait a minute. What? Yeah. What do you yeah. mean? Okay, so he buys and sells used semis, and most of the time he has them sold by the time he buys them. And so he doesn't have, like, a lot. Are you sure it's not a cover for something else? <laughs> Does he own a bunch of small airplanes that have, have removable he, tail numbers on them? Does he have Colombian friends? <laughs> oh, but, yeah, so that's how that, that, that goes. I've talked to him about buying a semi, but uh, I didn't actually. I thought he had like a lot down there. Like he, uh, no. I heard, I heard he sold more used semis than anybody in Kansas City. Yeah, I want to say he's. I think he's one of the top dealers in the country um, for used um, trucks. How does that work if you don't have trucks on the lot? 
It's called being a broker. He is a broker, broker. and he's a very good broker if he doesn't have to ever touch him. How do you get the truck driver smell out of it for the new truck driver? He has somebody that takes care of all of that for him, I'm sure. All right. So go ahead, Tony. Uh, I was just going to talk about your bike. It it seems to be working really well for you, and and I was just curious. um, Setup-wise, you're a really tall guy, obviously. I'm sure we've talked about that before, but... Um, your setup for, compared to other guys on the team is it is it quite different? Other um, than just like bars and that kind of thing. Actually, it's not at all. I um, I've tried lower foot pegs. I've tried higher bars. I've tried bar risers, taller seat, and I I've never stuck with any of them. I run standard height of everything. Um, I don't know if it's just because I've always like my whole life I've ridden the stock bike standard height everything um it's just what i'm used to um my ball my my bars are a little taller than baggots of course but um i want to say we run like the same um bar mounts and stuff how's everything on the team with you guys is it uh um everything good fun yeah it's really fun um everyone gets along very very well and um you know we're all there better each other and i really really like how this year is gone and hopefully i can uh stick with those guys for next year hey benny i I know you guys are getting factory support how does that work out on a weekend for you guys is it do you guys is it your guys's data only do you guys have the opportunity to get with red bull ktm to see if their data is any different or is it you guys do your own thing and that's it I think it's kind of we just do our own thing um, as far as the weekends go. And then I think they they kind of take the data from the weekend um, during the week and then go over it with KTM out in California, um, our crew chief. And I'm not really sure how that works. Um, but as far as like on the weekend race day, um, we don't really share a whole lot of that information as far as I'm aware. Looking back on your results, uh started the season at Hangtown Hangtown in uh seventh place. Pretty close where he left off actually in the Supercross uh with a six. But uh going to Glen Helen, Thunder Valley, High Point, Tennessee, Southwick, Redbud. Um very consistent. You know, your worst worst finish was an eleventh place, which is what you finished this weekend in at Glen Helen also. But a lot of, most of them are top ten, some top fives. Um, any standout rides for you? Obviously, the third place at Redbud had to be a highlight for you or maybe an all-time high in a career for you. But um, any days that you, you really, like, you you got done and, and that day and you're, and you're more proud than others? Um, or happier with yourself, you know, or maybe a little boost of motivation more than than you've, you normally get? I was I, I would say probably Hangtown. I, was, I did – really really bad there in 2016 um my rookie year and i didn't race there in 17 but i think in 16 i don't i want to say i didn't score points and i think i went 10-5 this year with i fell in the third corner of the first moto and so i got up last and charged all the way back to 10th and then the second moto felt like i was really solid with a fifth um I have I've had a a couple of races this year that have just been okay um, that I haven't been happy with. But like the 11th at Glen Helen, I was I was really really happy with the 
second moto, I think I ended up sixth, and I was running fifth in the first moto, and kind of same thing as what I did at Redbud, as I, I had a big crash and just couldn't get up and finish like I uh, like I had wanted. What are your thoughts on the track at Tennessee? Did you enjoy that? Ooh, Tennessee, uh, it's okay. I uh, I liked it better this year than I did 16. Um, the dirt's just very, very weird there. And the uh, the jump faces get really kickered out, which makes for some interesting detours sometimes. <laughs> and it's kind of a narrow track. Yeah, I was just going to say, it, it's a narrow track, isn't it? I mean, that's... They should widen that a little bit. Um, it doesn't seem. I, I. There's definitely some parts that are that are extremely narrow. Um, but some parts of it are really, really wide. So uh, maybe more consistent width of the track would be better, for sure. Hmm. Um. How about Southwick? I mean, it's always a fan favorite. We love. We love to watch Southwick. Um. J-Day has some events that it's super cool to ride. What's it like for you guys on race day at a pro race? Uh, coming into la- coming into this year's Southwick, it was my second favorite track on the circuit. And leaving this year, I was like, I don't really want to ride here. <laughs> <laughs> it, what was it? Things changed. Was it deep, too deep? or? It was so gnarly. Like I've ridden some very, very, very gnarly tracks. And it blew every one of those out of the water. Like the thing was, is it was so rough everywhere is I would stand a lot and my lower back would start hurting from standing so often. And then you can't really sit because by the time you sit, you get maybe a second or two before you got to stand back up. Otherwise you're going to blow your back, your, your back out from hitting the holes in the braking bump. Like it was insane saying how gnarly it was yeah it looked bad i mean it, it's but it's been that way for ages and i think the the, the more power you know the, the more powerful the bikes get and that kind of thing it's not going to get any better yeah for sure and it was i want to say the heat index was like 103 or something 102 it was warm how do you get your so core temperature down like that in between races um i have a pool that i get in a little inflatable pool and put ice water in there and Kind of sitting there for 15 minutes and then go inside to the AC. Yeah. Have you seen those things at Sam's Club? They're like these inflatable things, like it's a giant swan, and they're only like 150 bucks. but you could fill those with water, and then you could do it in style maybe. <laughs> I have not seen those, but I might have to look into that. You might want to look next time you're home because uh, they're, they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. They're yeah. like 150 bucks, and you'd be like, you, the TV crew would go over there. Yeah, they'd be all over you. And then if you just Probably had a, and you had a little glass of water or something, maybe they couldn't see the glass, but you put a little umbrella on that thing, put a hat on, they wouldn't know. They'd be yeah, it'd be cool. They'd be like, hey. Well, your season, uh, you get a little break. What are you going to be doing, Benny? Um, training. I uh, kind of need to ramp up a little bit here towards the end to make sure everything stays uh solid as far as fitness goes yeah we uh we were at the track today forker and i and some of the amateur kids from oklahoma and 235s were the schedule today and they were brutal but uh i think for the weekend i'll probably just stay in oklahoma ride saturday and then 
my first chill, no traveling Sunday. I actually uh, text back and forth with Forkner too to have him on, but we ended up not having the room. We, we have him planned for next week. Um, you got any dirt on him? I can. We may not know. Um, he lost a bet. We had a bet going that he. So he had to win by red, bud. He had to win an overall. He won a moto at Southwick, but he needed to win an overall. And I don't know if you guys have seen his hair, if you're familiar with his. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like bright yellow. Yeah, horrible. 1997. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, like. Exactly. I know what you're Phil trying to Lawrence. Say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so that hair, if he didn't win an overall by Red Buddy, he, he had to shave his head. <laughs> and we, I, me and a friend carried him from his room to his living room while Robbie started shaving his head today. Oh boy! And then oh, as soon awesome. as we got like a good little bit off the top, then it was he had to keep going. So then no longer <laughs> has he is a bald man. Oh, <laughs> uh, so next we're gonna ask oh, about his haircut. That's awesome. All right. And there's an there's another kid that trains with us. He. uh he also lost a bat at Redbud, and he is bald as well. Nice. We did that one time. We made bets. It was all Mexican night, so there was plenty of uh, um, tequila, tequila, uh, and uh, margaritas and such at my house. And we were all going racing that weekend, and and uh, we we lured this poor kid in that we knew he couldn't beat my other buddy. And the deal was the loser had to live in my bookmobile, which is parked in my backyard for a month and had to uh you know what a bookmobile is by the way i'm not I'm it's not. like a library on wheels it's yeah. not comfortable so they had to live in that for a month they both rented off of me and we rode every day and they, they had to let me cut their hair at the track so this kid clark lost his the bet of course and we i took giant gouge and he had to keep the haircut for like a week and I took giant gouges. First, I gave him kind of like a little cul-de-sac, but I kept like a little patch up on top. And then and then to make sure that he couldn't wear a hat to cover yeah. it, I took gouges off, off both sides and in the back. And just like my clippers were so dull, they were it was pulling the poor kid's hair. And, I, and we had this huge crowd. It was right after the second motos at this local track. And uh, it was actually kind of down by your way where you grew up. But uh, uh, yeah, and so he didn't. And they had to keep it. And if they didn't agree to live in the bookmobile and um, wear the hair for like a week, they got kicked out. So I ended up kicking the kid out of my house. He still hates my guts. But uh, <laughs> but a deal's, hey, a deal's a deal, A deal's Benny. a deal and a joke's a joke. That's right. right. That's, that sticks. That's going to stick. Benny, did you see Travis Pastrana's uh, Las Vegas jumps? I did not. I was in Chicago at my sister's, and I was not there i didn't get to watch any bit of it i saw that he performed it on instagram but um i didn't get to watch it now yeah so he took an indian which is evil he did he recreated three jumps that uh evil knievel did in las vegas one over the uh what is it, like 16 buses 16 buses 50 cars or something and then of course caesar's palace yeah uh, fountain of course he pulled it off perfectly every single one of them and uh almost made it look too easy because it was pretty anticlimactic he didn't you know he didn't bounce or break his spleen or anything like keenieville did on those jumps so turns out he's had uh what 40 years of doing that already under his belt so he knows how to avoid the broken spleen is he my age pastrana yeah he's late yeah he's, he's late 30s he's, he's almost 40. 40 he's almost 40 yeah 
Yeah, well. It's close. Benny, we're going to go to break. We appreciate you taking the time. Anybody you want to say thanks, give a high five to for helping you go race? Oh, yeah. First off, the whole crew from the team, Rocky Mountain, ACDMC, WCS, Fly, KCM team, Gear Alloy, Dunlop, Bubba Burger, ODI Grip, FMF, WP, ASB, Henson Clutches, SoCal Super Trucks, Palmetto Motorsports, Engine Ice, um, Fly Racing, Alpine Star, Pod Deep Racers, Scott Goggles, Alpine Star, um, my trainer Robbie Rainers, my, Derek, my mechanic Derek Rankin, just everyone that's, that's been a part of this, Garmin, um, can't thank him enough. Tell Robbie I'll see him at Loretta's, okay? Perfect. All right. Good night. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Moto America's press dude, Sean Bice. This is Pit Pass. Stay tuned. This is Andrew Short, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four-stroke. Strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT-approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. No speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans. Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with track addicts track days it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden racetech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible racetech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks you too can have the Racetech Suspension Advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. 
I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the Daly on family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The Daly Ons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the Daly Ons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack Daly on Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. This is number 40, Jason DeSalvo, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. I want to thank Weissco Performance Products, carries a full line of forged pistons, precision clutch baskets, clutch hubs, crank shafts, forged connecting rods, valves, and more for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine, and automobile on the planet. For one name, one solution, visit Weissco.com. Just wrapped up a call with Benny Bloss, 450 Pro Motocross Racer. Had a good time with him. Now we're going to go to Sean Bice, who is a, a uh, he's the press dude for Moto America. And uh, formerly with uh, Yamaha, of course, we had him on many times, spoke to him many times when he was with Yamaha. And now he's, he's the press guy for Moto America. And he joins us now. Sean, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey guys, great to be back on. Love, I love your show so much. We we don't as much, but uh, <laughs> and we don't hear that very often. So it's uh, yeah. really nice to hear that. It's really surprising, yeah. actually. Uh, <laughs> what's going on with you? <laughs> well, first of all, it is kind of weird that I don't really have a title with Moto America still. But um, you know, I I'm kind of still doing what I started doing last March, which is writing content for the website and kind of doing uh, a lot of work at the track, press conference work, working with Paul for others, the communications manager and stuff. So um, it's been great. I, I absolutely love it. It's, it's really fantastic. And it's just what I thought it would be in terms of kind of, you know, spreading my uh, my feelings or my, my love of the sport beyond just one brand. And, and I've enjoyed that a lot. I just wrote a story on Roger Hayden and the fact that, you know, you think a guy from that part of the country and in that family doesn't have time to do anything else besides ride motorcycles. It seems like he's always on two wheels and a pedal bike if he's not on one with a motor, but he's actually quite an outdoorsman. And I, I wrote a story about his hunting and fishing uh, es- escapades, and that was kind of fun to do too. So, yeah, having a good time. Did you do any hunting and fishing to, to uh, you know, like research story? Back the story up. I would kind of not go out in the woods with Roger Hayden and a shotgun <laughs> if you paid me. What? <laughs> oh, man, he's intense. And if he doesn't like you, he's absolutely the guy I assume would just end it all and have a good story to cover with. Well, you know, it's his pinky that's missing. It's not his trigger finger. So. <laughs> yeah, no oh, kidding. Oh, man. <laughs> um. Hey, you guys, I got another one for you. You've been talking about Travis Pastrana, and, uh, man, that was great. I love that kid. He's, he's an awesome guy, great for the sport, and I really think it did help elevate things a lot. I even talked to my mom and dad today, who are both 80 years old, and I said, I just happened to say, were you watching? And they're like, oh, yeah, we watched the whole thing, and they're not even vaguely interested in motorcycles, and they enjoyed it. So, But here's my thing. If he hadn't have made it, he would have had to change his name to Travis Pastrami. <laughs> oh good one i like yeah. it that's terrible <laughs> yeah it's really bad. that's kind of what i do yeah um uh, how's everything at moto america it's great i mean it's getting better all the time the you know every round we have um i work on uh going through the entry list and kind of making sure names are spelled right hometowns and stuff like that and i mean every all the all the classes are really getting bigger all the time 
funny, the Stock 1000 class for Utah, our, our next round coming up, has six BMWs in it. And it started out this year with only one, which was Travis Wyman, who's leading the series. And uh, so he's got five other, uh, you know, comparable bikes to go up against as well as everybody else. So those support classes are doing great. You know, the Twins Cup class is great because, you know, you get a lot of club riders who are on SB650s and those those FC07, MT07s, and even Kawasaki Twins. And, you know, it's a fun class for them, too. But, but you know, it's it's going excellent. Um, one of the things, excuse me, that I wanted to talk to you guys about is um, last time I was on, I, I think I told you about a story I wrote where I was pointing out the fact that we have riders from almost every continent in the world that are racing in our series and except for except for antarctica because you know penguins they can't get their knee down their legs too short but uh um anyway uh we just recently it's like scott's here even when he's not here yeah we're like kindred spirits guys. yeah <laughs> and you're admitting um, that yeah i'm not sure <laughs> what's going on yeah, yeah i'm an evil twin um but anyway, uh, you know, so BN Sports recently removed the geoblocks from YouTube, and we were getting a lot of fans from other countries that were saying, hey, we'd love to see your series. I mean, fans of Tony Elliott in Spain. And, you know, I still work with Westby Racing, so Matthew Skoltz is a writer I work closely with. Valentin DeBees. Yeah, DeBees. Uh, you know, Richie Escalante from Mexico. Or so, our favorite uh, Canadian, Bovier. Well, I, I will say that, that Braden Ort is, in fact, Canadian. He's from Calgary, Alberta, but Bovier's yeah, from Roseville, not quite Canada, although it's Northern California. It's the French-Canadian uh, spelling of his name that always makes me say that. Yeah, I don't know if he likes poutine or not. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's hard uh, not to. Do you guys even know what that is? Oh, absolutely. It's French fries. Yeah. I, got, oh, I got yeah. married the first time in uh, northern Ontario, so I've had a fair bit of poutine. There's a... That, uh, that stuff's the best. We have a local pub on my way home, actually, that sells poutine. And when I first saw it on the menu, I'm like, what is this? Because I thought of something else. And uh, But it's <laughs> it's just like super unhealthy. Yeah. You take fr- you take So you take potatoes, you deep fry them in fat, and then you load them with a bunch of other stuff that's terrible for you. And you got voila, the you only got way protein. to make it better would be put a chili dog on top. Oh, and they then do just that actually. <laughs> Call it a done. That would be this. so good. Yeah, it's like fry. It's like fries, gravy, and cheese curd. I mean, yeah, all all the important food groups are covered there. But so. it's so tasty. Well, you got beer the, on top of that, and the flavor and is beer. just amazing. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's so good. But yeah, so now now fans overseas can go on YouTube and watch our races a week after you know they're they're shown live in this country. So. You know, it's going to help us a lot because even though it is called Moto America, I mean, we do have a huge international flavor to uh, to our sport um, in our, our series, I should say. So, That's great. How um, many? Uh, yeah. How many, Sean? How many viewers have you got right away, or extra subscribers? Have you guys tracked that at all, or? You know, some, I'm sure somebody probably is. They try to keep me away from the numbers because, uh, man, I cannot add add up two numbers to save my life. So it's just bad. I'm saying, you're a content guy, not an accountant. Right. You're a content guy. <laughs> yeah. Not the accountant. Exactly. Are you getting exactly. to go to... Sean, I know I asked you the last time, and, and you said you, you hadn't yet attended every single one of the races. Are you getting to go to more of them now, or are there certain geographies, uh, certain areas of the country that you're going to be able to hit more? 
No, I mean, I've, I uh, I go to all the rounds, um, just like I did with Yamaha, but now, you know, ever since I started in March, it's before the season started. Yeah, I've been going to all the rounds, and one of the things I do when we're at the track um, is I also kind of, I do a little bit of uh, IDM mining, so to speak, through the paddock, talking to the guys and try to get drum up some story ideas, but I also help Paul a lot with the press conferences. You know, we do Facebook Live, and everybody gets to see our press conferences so he's usually the MC of it and I'm in the back you know running the phone making sure that people see it so it's on so yeah I'm at all the rounds it's great um I, it's fantastic series I, and I'm looking forward to Utah next week too does the travel um, get to be a grind for you ever Sean um you know we have enough of a space I think between most of our rounds it's very rare that we um we have you know, one after another. I mean, I, I talked to Andrea Wilson quite a bit, you know, photographer who actually is doing work for Stenson Racing and Colby Carlisle and Jake Johnson this year. And they that flat track schedule is almost NASCAR-like. And I, I have to say, that would be pretty tough to deal with. But ours is, you know, spread out enough where it's not so bad. I'm okay with it. In fact, I enjoy it a lot. So, Not much of a home life then, huh? That's what you're saying. Well, you know, my I'm old enough. My son is actually 23, so he's out of the house now. And you know, my wife, uh, my wife's home for the summer, being a school teacher. But uh, does she like you? She likes me. Uh, yeah, we're doing okay. I think. Good, so, good. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, mine doesn't, so I didn't know if it was and, if it's normal or. And for some reason, my soon-to-be wife is a school teacher, also. That doesn't like you. Ah. But uh, she is a special education consultant. So, which it's, probably, it's, which, are the best. which yeah, would explain her patience for you. Yeah. Which explains how she can deal with me and, and how I am because it's a mess. <laughs> Here is a mess. Sean, how yeah. about that, that, uh, Jigalov kid, Jig, Jigalov kid. Man, I am glad you asked me about him. Cause I just literally talked to him at seven o'clock Eastern tonight. Um, and, uh, spent about a half an hour. And I mean, I am just so impressed with that kid. He's 14. But he sounds like he's twenty four. I know. We've had him on we've had him on twice. The kid is like ten times the professional that most professional motocrossers will pick a di- pick a discipline. When we have him on, he is absolutely on the gas. He's like drinking coffee uh, when he's he, on the and radio. He, and he's so well versed. Just Yeah, he was fantastic. I mean we did a Q and A and it was great, you know, to talk to him about you know, he literally had to obviously wait till he turned fourteen, which I think was on the twenty eighth of June, so He'll be at uh, Utah for his first round in Junior Cup, and you know the moment he turned almost the moment he turned old enough to race in our series, um, he'll be doing it, which is essentially what you know Garrett Gerloff did back back when he uh, and Jake know, Lewis and Jake there's Lewis, a, there's yep. a number of guys who were hanging. I met Jake Lewis on his 14th birthday at a sport bike track time event because by the same for the same reasons for liability reasons. Sorry, you can't be on the track uh, at anything other than a Wera race. Uh, and and right. he the kid absolutely, Damian Spanks of both of those guys like he is on the gas right now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see him. And we kind of talked about what he was doing in CIV. You know that bike versus the R three that he's going to be riding, which is essentially the R three that he's been racing in in Weiris. So um, and dominating know, about- with just dominating. He won five races at Barber. The kid's on fire. Yeah, he's a, he's an amazing kid. I mean, it's an incredible fourteen. We kind of talked about Jake Lewis a little bit, too, because, you know, Jake is, is so tall now, and I was kind of curious. Damien says he's about, I think he said maybe 5'5", five, five, but he thinks he's going to be about 5'10", which he, he's hoping, you know, that's about when he stops growing. But, uh, 
you know, we were discussing the fact that some of these young kids coming up, they just keep growing and growing. They, keep, they can't fit these bikes sometimes, you know. It's amazing with them, but uh, it's good stuff. Hey, one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about real quick is, you know, we had a great, great uh, weekend at Laguna Seca with the World Superbikes, and our lap times were very, very comparable to what they were doing. You know, of course, they were on Pirelli's, and uh, we were on Dunlops, but it was kind of cool with Josh Heron racing on both sets of tires. And it was, you know, on essentially the same bike. It was kind of cool to see that comparison, and and uh, we compared pretty favorably to them. So that was nice to see. Absolutely, it was. Uh, it was impressive qualifying. Uh, they seem to have a little better times. I watched exactly what you were watching in qualifying. It seemed like the World Superbikes had had a little bit of an edge. I think they maybe have a little bit of performance advantage, if not the tires. But in the race, in the race, uh, the lap times were very similar. I, it would seem, you know, one one or the other could have raced with the the other. Yeah, it was nice to see, and it was it was cool. You know, of course, one of the things Josh Heron said is he, you know, comparing the two, he actually preferred the Dunlops, but that would make sense. I mean, he hasn't had much time on Pirelli, so it's it's kind of unfair uh, comparison there since he knows Dunlops so well. But it was it was cool to be able to see that, you know, and and see how that went. So. And this year, we're we're actually breaking, I say we, I mean, the riders are actually breaking track records now that, that they haven't been broken for a while. So, you know, that new larger rear tire in Superbike is, is really um, good for a lot of the riders. They're doing real well with it. And it uh, a number of the track records that have fallen now that you've brought it up belong to one Mr. Ben Spees back in the year of, like, eight uh so to see some of those records still standing is just adds even more uh validity to how incredible uh that racer was when he was around because i just can't believe when when you see a 10 year old lap record you're like god they every year the bikes get better the tires generally speaking get better and ben spees is still holding some records yep it is incredible that it could be that way after 10 years so yeah um not really sure. I don't really understand a lot about why that is, but um, conditions. I think I think conditions play into it somewhat. Uh, you know. Yeah. You know, it's riders would say the same, but it might have also been who he was racing against. <laughs> the guy had to. Yeah. He had to go. Ben Spees that is such it, a bad dude, though. I mean, you can't. No, that's what we're saying. I mean, some of his lap records that are are, are falling this year, Tony, they've been around since 08. I, I get it's that. It's insane. That's, I'm just saying, like, maybe it's because he was that good yeah. that, uh, you know, I mean, it's, I, I wouldn't want to discount anything with Ben Spears. No, it's, it, it adds validity is what I'm saying. He was kind of grouchy when he left. But <laughs> other than that, it was... <laughs> well, he was learning from the master of grouch, quite literally. He was in the garage with him for a lot of years there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Um but, uh, yeah, and I don't know if the fuel fuel was a little bit different back then, too. Some of the concoctions that they had back then, man, that stuff, you could smell it. In the oh, back. and the motors. There's there's the what we haven't said. The motors were legit, insane, fire-breathing animals. I would think that on raw horsepower, we're there now, but... Yeah, they had custom everything. They were... Exactly. They were very unleashed animals. Absolutely, yeah, for sure, but... But anyway, it's cool to see it, and I mean, it's nice, you know, our our rules are pretty closely aligned now with World Superbike, and it was kind of nice to see that, you know, we're kind of getting there, close to being pretty much on par with them, and, um, you know, one of the things that's kind of funny, Josh Hayes used to talk about the fact that, you know, if you rode on Dunlop tires across a track that had Pirelli rubber on it, 
it would be a little tricky. Now, I've never heard any other rider talk about uh, another brand's rubber on the track and how it's not compatible with an, with with the brand you're on. Have you guys ever heard anything like that before? No, I've kind of never a- heard that, but if if anyone could say it and have have it mean anything, I would think it would be Josh Hayes, the guy, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he was the go-to tire tester for anyone who wanted knowledge about their tires. They called Josh Hayes, at least in the U.S. Um, yep. The guy was absolutely intuitive about uh, setup, and it, it showed in his results and his career. So it doesn't surprise me if somebody was going to say it. It would be him. Never heard it anywhere else from anyone else. Yeah, he talked about it a lot, at, uh, especially at what Miller, which is now Utah, because, you know, when World Superbike was there, it was the same kind of thing. So, um, you know, you speaking speaking to tire testers a little bit, you know, Jeff May does a lot of tire testing for Dunlop, and he's gonna he's returning to the series, and he's going to be at Utah um, on an Omega Moto R1. So uh, it's good to see him back getting involved in superbike racing again on That's a awesome. national level. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and Corey West, uh, albeit Corey, he, yeah. he, he had a little bit of a – uh, a unfortunate off late in a race, but the guy's killing it. I mean, hopefully we're going to see him finish out this season too. Yeah, I'm so glad that he was able to hang on. I mean, it was cool that he was able to race with Chris Ulrich's team, and, you know, he was doing great, but you can't deny it. I mean, everybody was kind of like, oh, no, we can't have Corey go away, but then the Beast comes back in and goes nuts right off the bat, so I guess they know what they're doing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Corey, I'm glad he got that TSE Yamaha ride and, you know, is continuing in the series. He's a great guy, great ambassador for our sport, and a great rider. So, yeah, I'm glad. Apparently, about that. anybody who calls him knows he's going to put it up near the front. So, if you've got a bike anywhere near a racetrack where there's a Moto America event coming, Corey West is the guy you want to call. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of odd, isn't it? That it was like either for a while he wasn't involved. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? What's this guy doing on the on the couch? I mean, he goes to Daytona, goes nuts, and then you know goes back to his regular life. The rest uh, it reminds me of Steve Rapp, very much like Steve Rapp, the guy who sits for a year, then somebody calls and it's like, wait, <laughs> we haven't seen Rapp for a year. There he is at the front. Absolutely. And, you know, way a while back, way back now, Mike Smith used to do that towards the end of his career, too. He would come in, he would have that 911 on his bike, so it was like, you know, calling out an emergency rider, and he'd come in and do some stuff, too. So cool how those guys have that muscle memory to be able to do that, you know, just come in and get those fast right off the bat. Good stuff. We're talking about Team Hammer. Um, Jake Lewis and his mullet has got to be a marketer's dream for you. That that thing is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you I see mean, our crew at Road America? Did you see us at Road America, Sean? We had like 15 people wearing uh, mullet headbands all over the racetrack. We got pictures with Jake and in, in the pits. It was awesome. I have a whole stack of them. <laughs> oh, gosh. There was a time where it almost looked like somebody cut it with a hatchet. It was all, like, chopped up on the side. It absolutely looks like somebody trimmed it with a hatchet. (laughs) But I love it. He wears it with pride, you know. He doesn't have any problem at all about it. He doesn't care. It's pretty good stuff. Well, he he is from Kentucky. Let's uh, let's throw that in there. It's called the Kentucky Waterfall for a reason. And it's an extra marketing (laughs) deal, too. I mean... I was kind of surprised he he went to VIR honestly after um, his uh, his his uh, dad passing. You know? No, that was that was in, in incredible uh, you know fortitude by Jake, and he said it 
quite literally, my dad would have wanted me yeah, here. This and, is the only place my dad would have wanted yeah, me on a race weekend. And, and I think, I, well. It had to be tough. Yeah, and but he's doing it for his dad. I mean, and most pro athletes, I mean, Brett Favre, I remember when, you know, a few years yeah. back when his dad passed and he said the same thing. Look, my dad would have wanted me out here on the field. Is it Favre or Favre? Yeah. Favre. Good one. Favre's on the Super Troopers. Favre's on Super Troopers. Nice try, Favre. But no, you're right. You know, Jake, it was he, it was amazing that he came back. You know, we we were we kind of left him to himself in terms of, you know, not asking him to do a lot of uh, opportunity media stuff and, you know, to for him to do that. I mean, Ro- Roger was the same way last year with Nicky, you know? I mean, those guys yeah. have su- such strength. And, you know, of course, it's they they want to be at the track, but obviously, you know, situation is weird. And, you know, dad was always around. So, you know, it was amazing that those guys can hang in there like they do. Great guys. Hmm. Yeah. But this is exactly the kind of stories that I love to talk about and write about with, with what I'm doing now. So, I mean, it's, I just love it. It's fantastic. You miss Yamaha at all? You know, I do a little bit. And it's funny, the first couple of rounds, I, it was more me than anybody else because the race team, they're so awesome about it, you know. But, I mean, I felt it felt kind of funny. It was almost like that girl out there, you know, that you used to date, and you're like, I don't know if I can put myself through that. But, no, it's, it's all good. I mean, I you know, I'm I'm really, Just, really uh, proud of what Cameron's done to turn the season around. You know, I, I love Tony and what they did, but, I mean, who would have thought that Cameron would have gone to Road America and in a couple of rounds, you know, completely turned that season around. It looked like Tony was the juggernaut this year. So, um, so no, it's, it's, it's great stuff. I mean, I, I'm same okay things that. happening in every kind yeah. of race and Tomac yeah. had it all his way and whoop, here we go. It's completely flip flop. Yeah. The, the very so. same thing has happened in Moto America. And yeah, speaking of Yamaha, Tony, you didn't know this and I bet you Sean does. Yamaha just released e-assist bicycles. Oh, they did. Yeah, I just got an email I, I about it. I should have one. <laughs> now, are you talking about the pedal assist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. E- electric assist pedal bicycles. Uh, Tony bought one of a one of them from my dealership. We sell KTM bicycles, and they make uh, very much the same thing. Any electric assist oh. bicycle. But, but you guys also sell Yamahas. We do. So it'll be interesting to see. I think we've probably had our fill by we. I mean, the boss man of bicycles. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but we'll see. Well, it's funny, from what I understand, and I'm not—I don't know, obviously—but I had heard that the, a lot of those pedal assist bicycles are going to be sold through other retail outlets than just you know, like Yamaha motorcycle dealers. Is that what you understand it to be, too? Or yeah, I, I to? think that's the—that's the intention. You know, they're, uh, but I, I have to believe they'll send them to dealers if dealers are willing to purchase them. Because that's how we ended up with KTM bicycles. We're not a bicycle dealer. No. Well, here's the thing, though, right. KTM. Reached, held their hand out yeah. to KTM dealers and said, "We, well, you want to carry these? I know it's a different distributor, but then all of a sudden they went dealer direct or they went to retail direct, so you could buy the exact same thing cheaper off the internet." I saw it which firsthand. is not a good thing for no. the dealer, yeah. and they they kind of smoked yeah. their dealers on that deal. Now I'm, I know it's it's a different distributor, it's a different, complete different chain of, of supply from from uh, KTM bicycles. As it is the motorcycles, but anytime you you build a dealer network and then cut them out, that's yeah. not victimize them, right? It is. They <laughs> thanks, are. Thanks for the thanks yeah. for buying all this inventory. For hey, sure. Go ahead and dump it on a bunch of other people too. But they're also trying to mainstream that. And and Shauna, you can probably kick in here, but 
they want to put those bikes or put that stuff out and try to make it as mainstream as possible it's to get a, in everybody's hands. It's still a crap deal. I'm not yeah. saying it wasn't a good deal. I'm just saying they're not, trying to get the end result of. I think that it belongs in a Shields or, or a bicycle shop, an Eric's yeah. bicycle shop or something like that. And that's like probably that. where they're going to end up. Yeah, yeah. And Yamaha is a power enough brand that they can, you know, hopefully they can they can sell it anywhere they want to because it's, it's Yamaha. So. I think so, yeah. Sean, we have gotten complete. I don't even know if we. T- what did, I don't know what we talked about other than we just talked, and it was a good time having you. <laughs> that's what it should be. Well, I always like to come on and just talk with you guys. That's 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 really fun. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I mean, the big thing I wanted to mention is this idea about you know uh, being able to, the other countries being able to see Moto America now on YouTube. That was a big key thing. And the other part is YouTube coming up, or I'm sorry, Utah's coming up next week. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Sean Bice, always fun having you on, man. Thanks so much. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap this thing up. It's Pit Pass. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Matt Bonnick, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF-R3 Sport Bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin-engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. I'm Jessica Patterson, women's motocross champ, and you're listening to Hit Pass Radio. 
That's a little bit of old news. It happened on July 1st, but the Austin TT in Holland was a pretty wild one with MotoGP, and PJ is here to tell us about it. Uh, it was an incredible race for anyone who missed it. Uh, Lorenzo really started hard and looked like he was going to be the man, but it looked more like a, a mini bike race or a Moto3 race at least, where the pack stays together for the duration. Guys were going first to fifth, fifth to seventh. And Rossi ultimately hit Jorge Lorenzo. Um, I haven't seen anything official about what happened. Uh, it was not an aggressive maneuver on Rossi's part. Lorenzo lost drive mid-corner, and Rossi tailpiped him real good and hard. It was a miracle neither one of them went down. Ultimately, Marquez came out on top, but not before one incredible battle. Alex Rins, um, relative newcomer to the podium, came out second. Maverick Vinales, Rossi's teammate, came out third. Dovizioso on the Ducati came out fourth. Rossi hung around for fifth. The title isn't over. It still looks like it's Marquez's to lose. Uh, Rossi's hanging around within eyesight. He needs a... Marquez is going to have to have some bad luck, and we're still waiting to hear in the MotoGP world where Danny Pedrosa is going to land, if anywhere, if the guy's just going to retire. Still haven't heard anything official. Lorenzo hit Valley, right? Nope. Other way around. Lorenzo Ro- was leading. Rossi was Rossi. chasing. Lorenzo lost his drive mid-corner. It's a very complicated, very technical track there at Austin. Uh, at least the area where they collided. It was kind of middle of a corner where you stand up, then drop back in, and Lorenzo just threw out an anchor. I have to believe he missed a gear or something, but Rossi absolutely rear-ended him straight on, and it was a, really was a miracle. Neither one of them crashed, and they both stayed in the battle till the, the end of the race. Think about how much horsepower they have, how oh. good those guys are, yeah. and and just the, the speeds that they're going like un, unmatched by anybody in the world, and they can swap places from second oh, to fifth. And Some of the passes, the passes they were making at 150-plus miles an hour on the outside. The guy doesn't even know you're coming around him. I mean, the whole <laughs> race was – it has by far been the best race of the season. It, I kept it on my DVR. I'm going to watch it at night when I'm bored because it was just insanely good race. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the highlights and – they are. There was no place together. that wasn't a passing zone. I mean, guys were just throwing Hail Marys from the beginning of the race all the way to the end. Uh, Lorenzo faded a little bit, which unfortunately he seems to have been doing all season. He starts really good, strong through the middle of the race, then you just kind of see him go backwards. Hmm. Oh, there it is. I just saw it. Holy buckets. Yeah, I mean, it's a hard hit. It's no joke. And if you hit somebody like that on any kind of motorcycle, you anticipate both guys are hitting the dirt right now. So the next race is a, is a left-turn track, right, which should suit Mark? Yeah, I think the the, the direction uh, with Nikki out of the series now, we don't have any true flat trackers out there. Marquez is pretty good at it, though. Uh, he seems to go good both directions. I wouldn't say left or right favors him. Saxon Ring has been somewhat friendly to him. That's for sure, and the, the guy's just on a roll this year. He minimizes the damage when he doesn't have his best day, and he, he keeps winning. I think he's going to win. I think it's going to be really hard. Somebody's Rossi's the next closest. I'm a huge fan. He's not showing the, hey, I'm about to break out and go on a string of four wins form at all. That's not where he's at. He's he's in the fight, but he's not doesn't look like he's just ready to blow it up and go on a five-race five, way, five race winning streak. Marquez absolutely does. He yeah. looks like he could win the next five if he wants to. Yeah. He's it'll a dirt be, it, yeah, it'll be 
and Marquez has got some great skills, and obviously he's he's the man to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vin, I'm mostly surprised that Vinales hasn't been better in MotoGP. I really am a huge fan of his, and I thought, oh, he's coming off of that crap Suzuki and going to Yamaha. He's going to destroy, <laughs> and it hasn't worked out that way. Yeah, my- and then, of course, Renz goes ahead and does something beautiful with the Suzuki. All right, well, we got to. Uh, that's it for us for tonight. We're today. We're going to uh, wrap this thing up a bit. Want to thank our guests, though. Chris Ulrich was on Road Racing World. Also, Ryan Sipes, Robbie Bobby, Robbie McClendon was on. Joined us. Really fun conversation with those guys. Benny Bloss was on, and Sean By. So, thanks to all those guys for joining us. Next week, I've talked to Austin Forkner. I've talked to Marvin Muskin. Uh, I believe Paul Carruthers is on, and uh, John Ulrich. John Ulrich, possibly right. So, we've got a good start to next week's show. We look forward to listening to. Uh, Go back and listen to the show and see where we can improve. You think it's possible? Uh, it's us. We can maybe, always improve. Probably. All right. We can always improve. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. <clears throat> Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast.